The politicians are the virus. I wish I was gay. The gays have all the fun. Gay literally means happy. If they control the narrative, they control reality. Oh, you're the boss? Well, Papa's serving man meat tonight. Most people want to be told how to think because they don't know how to think. Yeah, man. Maybe I am dumb. Government is a tool of the elite to fix the rules of the game in their favor. Fauci jerked off a pangolin, and now we all have COVID. You think you're free just because you can't see the cage they keep you in? You ain't free. It's us against them, guys. Get out there and spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Welcome to The Dad Presents, where we pledge allegiance only to family and principles. We're going to be spreading love and liberty with libertarian free speech advocate Chance Coleman. But before we get into all that liberty stuff, we got to cover the most important issue going on in my world today. And that is, who pooped in my hot tub? Okay? That's right, guys. I am fully recovered from COVID. I'm back to 100%. The whole family is solid. We are good. And at the end of a long, hard day at work, all I want to do is grab a cold beer and go soak in my jacuzzi. It's not asking for much. I want a nice soak in my jacuzzi before I come in here and record the show. But I couldn't do that today because just hours ago, popped open a beer, took off my pants like I always do, walked out in the backyard, waved at my neighbor Marge. Marge is the the neighbor who lives catty corner from us, who's always standing in her kitchen, always washing her dishes, no matter the time or hour of the day, standing there with her 70-year-old husband who dresses in identical outfits to her like creepy twins, standing there staring in our direction, always looking in our backyard at all hours of the day, unless she's in her backyard burying a dead body, which happens from time to time. And I waved and she ducked. And pretended she didn't see my painter, even though she was staring right at it. Then, popped the hood of the coos, and I was about to hop in, but there was a big old mean floater just staring back at me in the face. Now, this wasn't, this wasn't your typical standard issue shy old turd hiding down deep in the corner. Uh-uh. This was just a confident, robust floater sitting on top of my coos ruining my moment just just floating there maxing and relaxing having a good time so now we got a situation and before i can comfortably record this opening i need to know what happened here okay so there's only five beings who live in this house right there's me and i know i didn't do it there's the bride there's the nine-year-old Kyrae, the 12-year-old Keller, and our dog Becky. Now, Becky would be the most likely culprit, except she's a pug with a three-inch vertical leap, and she doesn't know how to take the cover off the coos. My nine-year-old would totally do something like this for a prank, and he'd think it's funny, but I grilled that little shit, and he passed all the tests. He's a prankster, but he's a bad liar, okay? There's my 12-year-old Keller. And well, he's Jesus's favorite person and there's no way that sweetie pie did it. He'd tattle on himself in two seconds and rat himself out and that would be that. He didn't do it. So that only leaves 
the bride. And I'm whispering because she's in the other room and I'm trying not to get divorced. But facts are facts. Okay. And the fact is the bride suffers from lactose intolerance as well as a severe case of denial. She eat ice cream every chance that she gets, including last night. She had some good old Rocky Road and told me a story about how she used to have Rocky Road every day as a child and bonding with her sisters and her father over in the Philippines, okay? But then we always pay the price. Now, after I tell this story that I'm about to tell, of course I'm going to earn another weekend on the couch, and I'm fine with that, okay? Because facts are facts, and we here at the Dad Percents are about the truth, okay? I'm not going to get too specific but there's some history here. All I'm going to say is that on our first date, she had a little episode. And quite honestly, were it not for that episode, we probably wouldn't be married and there would be no children. So the episode in her pants was a blessing in disguise. So let me, let me, let me elaborate a little bit. When I, when I met the bride, she was a 23-year-old smoke show. Just a total smoke show. She, she had the, the bam and the pow-pows and... She was nice. I'll put up a, a, a sexy picture and post that you guys can see so you know what I'm talking about. And if you won't subscribe on Rumble uh, to see all this, maybe you're subscribed on Rumble so you can see the hot pictures of my wife when she was 23 years old. But anyway, you see the, the hottie I was working with, right? So I was ex- super excited for our first date. Super excited. Never been more excited for a date. But the date sucked. It was terrible. It was a terrible first date. You see, daddy here, I got a gift for the gab. Right? I can slice up a story and drop a joke. And that usually, the ladies usually like that. But this cutie pie was just not picking up what daddy was laying down. So on the drive home in my 2001 Mitsubishi Spider convertible that a California douchebag in 2001 would tend to drive, you know, top down so my hair can blow. Uh, my plan was I was just going to drop her off, say, have a good life. And that would be that. Get on with her life. She'd get on with her life. Everybody's happy. However, much to my surprise, I pull up at her house and she invited daddy in for a nightcap. And because my head brain and my pants brain aren't always on the same page, I looked at her and I said, all right, let's go. So we go inside and the magic's happening and and daddy's getting excited, you know, but at that point, something happened and she said, oops, Okay, she said, oops, and she cut the evening short, sent me on my way home. But daddy got a taste at that point. Daddy got a taste of this young hottie, so there was no way I was going to quit at that point without finishing what she started. And now here we are, 16 years later, two kids, she's still a fine catch, and life is delish. So it worked out for the best, but the point being, at that time, during that first date, I hear her outside. I didn't know what oops meant. And it'd be many years before she revealed to me what happened. And I'm not going to give you the gory details because like I said, I'm not trying to get divorced. Because California, it's rough and I make all the money. You know, and also love and all that stuff. So let's just say that oops meant that maybe she had ice cream on dessert. Okay? But... Going back to the jacuzzi, she doesn't really use it. So I don't know. Maybe it wasn't her. The only other possibilities are that it was the creepy neighbor, Marge. Totally possible. Totally possible. You know? 
I mean, I swear, I, I walk the dog at 3 a.m. She's standing in the kitchen, washing dishes, waving, wearing a matching identical tracksuit with her 70-year-old husband, who she rides Harleys with on the weekend. It's weird. It's creepy. That could be it. Who else could have done it? Maybe someone that hates me? Maybe. I don't know. So basically, it could be anyone. <laughs> basically, it could be anyone. So if you have any evidence, if you know who left the floater in the coos, I want to know. You know how to contact me. Email Matt at the Dad Presents. Let's get on with the regular business. I want to touch on something that is legit important, something we seriously have to talk about, free speech. Free speech, that's what this show is going to be about, free speech, because free speech is dying in this country. And the dad presents, specifically, this show is under attack. And we're not the only one. Lots of small to middle-sized podcasts under attack just for bringing you the truth. And there's no other honest way to put it other than saying freedom of speech and this show are under attack and we need your help. Now, last week, we aired an interview with a qualified doctor who is at the top of his field. He's a frontline critical care doctor, Dr. Pierre Corey. He's testified before Congress. He's a qualified physician. He knows what he's talking about, but because he doesn't fall in line and speak the mainstream dogma after 30,000 combined views and plays of this podcast on Facebook and YouTube, Facebook banned the page, as you can see from the alert on the screen that I'm putting in right now, and YouTube took the video down and gave our channel two strikes. So did TikTok. All three of them banned us because we had on a doctor who does not agree with everything Dr. Fauci says. Dr. Fauci doesn't agree with everything Dr. Fauci says, as we've seen time and again. So we're presently moving the podcast over to Rumble and Spotify. We've been on Spotify, but we're moving over to Rumble and, and we're going to try to rebuild there. And we ask you, please follow the Dad Presents on both those channels, specifically Rumble. We need to get that Rumble audience up to where, to where YouTube was to get the message out. Please help us out. But freedom of speech is under attack. Now, they're going to tell you that they are simply silencing disinformation to protect the truth. That's what they will tell you. When they, when they take you down, they will say that this goes against our COVID-19 guidelines and we are silencing misinformation. But it's a lie. It's just a straight up lie. This isn't about your health. This isn't about protecting your health. This is not about the truth. This is not about limiting misinformation. Okay, because we've had posts taken down in the past which shared screenshots of CDC data side by side with screenshots of CDC data for the flu, proving that more kids die from the flu than COVID, and they censored that. It's not about real facts. It's not about honesty. It's not about protecting people. It's about one thing, controlling a narrative so they can control you. Okay, just like I say in the opening credits of the show every week. You know, somebody cut that out for us. It's, it's in the opening clips. They want to control the narrative so they can control you. Because whoever controls the narrative, then the messenger is now in charge of what the facts are. We hear, you, you've heard that cliche statement, history, uh, history determines the winners or history determines the winners of history determine the truth. You know what the fuck I'm saying. Okay. If you control the message, you get to write the history books. If you control the message, you get to put out what is on the news. And then that becomes reality. Facts be damned. Now, this show has been canceled 
for interviewing a doctor, not who said some crazy conspiracy stuff, a doctor who shared raw statistics about treatments for COVID that have verifiably cured millions of people, including Joe Rogan, Tim Poole, Aaron Rodgers, Glenn Beck, and my entire family. But you got Rachel Maddow and CNN and Dr. Fauci out there spreading misinformation on the daily, yet they're not canceled. How? How is that happening? If your concern is canceling people who put out misinformation, how have you not yet canceled Fauci? All right. So let me just play a couple clips here to show you what we're talking about. Listen to this one of Dr. Fauci. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. Putting a mask on yourself is more to prevent you from infecting someone else. And if everybody does that, we're each protecting each other. If one mask is good, two masks are better. Okay, what did he say there? He said, people should not be walking around in masks. He said those words. We all remember that. Then later he changes tune and says, you should be wearing them. Then you should be wearing two. And the message continually changes. Now you should only be wearing N95s because cloth masks are not effective enough. So somewhere in that contradiction of himself, he spread information. Has he been silenced? No. Let's listen to this next one. Rachel Maddow. Instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. If we just go fast enough to get the whole population. Clearly, that's misinformation. Clearly, that's misinformation. People are catching COVID all over the place who are double, triple, quadruple vaxxed. In Israel, they got four vaccines. They got four shots in them. Now they're still catching it. Was she censored for this misinformation? No. Has she apologized? No. Is she still ranting nonsense on the nightly? Yes. Let's check out the next one. A lot of questions in this case, but I know Jesse Smollett is a really, really good guy. I just want justice to be served in this case. He's given a detailed account, an account that Chicago police have said has been consistent. He hasn't changed his story. They also said it's credible. Police have said that and also that he has been very cooperative. Juicy Smollett gave a credible account, a credible account. He gave that to the police. So is she lying or are the police lying? Somebody's lying here. Somebody needs to be censored. Let's check this next one. The results of this trial are truly striking. On a conference call this morning, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the country's top infectious disease doctor, celebrated the news that Moderna's coronavirus vaccine candidate appears to be 94.5% effective. I said I would be satisfied with a 70-75% efficacy and that something like a 95% 
was really aspirational. Well, our aspirations have been met, and that is really very good news. Is that a lie or is that misinformation? Because it's not true. The vaccines are not 95% efficient at preventing COVID. Clearly, that's misinformation. So a lot of people will say, well, the science has changed. No, it hasn't actually. But okay, even if, it, let's say the data has changed. Well, I, I, number the data hasn't changed. We were given bad data. We were given dishonest data. But let's just say that, okay, we got new data. Well, it was misinformation and he put it out there. So shouldn't he be held responsible? Or maybe you will say, well, he wasn't lying because he really believed it. Well, I don't believe you that he really believed it. But even if that's so, okay, so if you believe your misinformation, then it's okay. So you tell me Dr. Pierre Corey, who you are saying put out misinformation, should be banned because he knows he's putting out misinformation because he believes it to be true. So get a rule and stick with it. There's no consistency. The only consistency is they don't care if you're lying. They don't care if you're spreading misinformation. They don't care if your misinformation and lies get people killed. All they care about is that you are spreading the information they want out there so they can control you. That's all they care about. That's it. Look, I mean, look, they didn't care in the past when their misinformation and lies about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq killed millions of people. They didn't care about that. They didn't apologize about that. They didn't care that their lies and misinformation that they spread about cigarettes killed millions of people. They didn't apologize about that. They didn't get censored for that. They didn't care that their lies about opiates killed millions of people. They didn't care. They didn't get censored for that. They only care about controlling the message because that's how they control you and that's how they get rich. And now... At this point, they are so incredibly arrogant and stubborn that rather than just saying, okay, guys, you know what? These vaccines aren't working the way we thought they would. Instead of doing that, now they're laying off nurses who have decided not to get the vaccine. Okay, if you're a nurse in Los Angeles and you won't get the vaccine, you get laid off. But the nurses apparently, or the, the hospitals are apparently being overrun. So to compensate for the nurses they've laid off, they're allowing vaccinated COVID positive nurses to continue working while they have COVID, walking around the hospital, spreading COVID. Completely anti-scientific, completely illogical. COVID negative nurses who are unvaccinated cannot work, but COVID positive nurses can work and continue spreading the disease to sick people in the hospital, old people, the at-risk population, so long as they get in line and get their vaccine. Their lies kill. Their lies kill. Their lies have killed and are killing people, plain and simple. In New York and Michigan and Pennsylvania, they forced COVID-positive patients into nursing homes, which killed people. Nursing homes are the oldest and most vulnerable populations we have. They would take COVID positive patients out of the hospital, force them back into nursing homes, which predictably spread the disease and killed people. Then they lied about it. And now the truth is coming out. Are they apologizing? No, of course not. Their lies are killing people and their lies are dividing Americans against each other. 
From a Rasmussen poll just this past week, we learned that 59% of Democratic voters would favor a government policy requiring citizens remain confined to their home if they don't get vaccinated. 48% of Democratic voters think federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison individuals who question the efficacy of the, the, of the vaccine. That's me. They want to put me in in prison. These crazy motherfuckers want to throw me in prison because I'm telling you that when Fauci claimed that the vaccine is 95% effective against transmission, that when he said that, that's not true because I am questioning that narrative. They want me in prison? But the vaccine does not give you 95% protection against COVID. It doesn't. They want to put me in prison for disagreeing With what the man says? Hey, Democratic voters. Fuck you. Hey, man. If you think I should be in prison for interviewing doctors on here who don't agree with Fauci, if you think that should send me to prison, hey, fuck you, bro. That's all I have to say. Like now, now we're getting serious. 29% of you motherfuckers think that our children should be taken from us. 29% of you support removing children from the custody of their parents if the parents refuse to vaccinate them. Are you fucking shitting me? That is a real statistic. That is a real poll that came out this past week. 29% of Democratic voters think your children should be taken away from you if you don't vaccinate them. What are we doing, guys? What are we doing? (laughs) Come for my kids, motherfuckers. See how that works out for you. That's all I have to say about that. Now, the dad presents. We're not the only show under attack. They're going after shows like Joe Rogan and Tim Pool. Right now, today, they're trying to get Joe Rogan taken off of Spotify. The Rolling Stones published an article that they said was signed by 260 doctors who wanted Rogan removed from Spotify for spreading misinformation. Now, number one, it turns out that um, these weren't all doctors. In fact, most of them were not medical doctors. And number two, the Rolling Stone is the same magazine who brought you a story in November that gunshot victims were dying in line outside of emergency rooms. People were getting shot going to the ER and bleeding out in line stuck behind people who had diarrhea from ivermectin that's a real story that was in the rolling stone that rachel maddow went on tv and harped about that cnn went on tv and harped about but they're not going to get rogan canceled they can't get rogan canceled because he's too big right if they cancel him or just go on some other platform you can't cancel that man but you can cancel the little guy like me the medium-sized guy like me however what they did do to rogan is he interviewed dr malone This is a doctor who played a key role in developing the mRNA technology that vaccines use. They removed him and that interview from YouTube. They banned that doctor from all social media, including LinkedIn. They're silencing anyone who dissents against the Fauci regime. This is the first step any autocrat takes is to get control of the narrative and silence dissenters. Why can't you guys see this? Or if you can see it, why are you still accepting it? 
if they're trying to get rid of me by silencing me, they've obviously never talked to my wife or anybody that knows me. Trying to shut me, telling me to shut up, not an effective strategy. All, all this has done, all this banning on Facebook and YouTube has done is it's lit a fire deep inside my butthole and I carry that burn with me and nurture that flame and I'm going to grow it until I can ass blast the establishment back to the dark ages. Like I will not stop this fight. I don't know. Maybe that, that butthole burn is just butt herpes. I don't know. That's totally possible. But guys, look, I need your support. Please support the show. If you enjoy the show, please go to Rumble. Please go to Spotify. Please subscribe. It's called The Dad Presents. Click follow on YouTube. We're Super Bad Dad. Follow there for as long as we're still there. We got two strikes. Probably get the third one this week, but support us while we're there. And if you want to stay in touch with The Dad Presents, you can't do it on Facebook anymore. We're dead there. Sorry. They banned us. But you can email me anytime at mattatthedadpresents.com. I answer all emails. Feel free. I'll tell you what, though. The Liberty community is not going to sit down and take this. They, they're not going to take censorship. And they've been extremely supportive of this show. Reed Coverdale, who's been on this show, uh, he, he, he's one of the most influential and popular libertarians right now. He retweeted the show. And Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown, who's also been on a couple times, he gave us a great shout out on his show where he exposed all of Fa- uh, Fauci's emails and talked about what they meant. And the overall outpouring of support has been amazing. So thank you all. I've been saying it the last few weeks, we're building a motherfucking army of liberty. And at some point, they're going to hear me say that and they're going to cancel me for that or they're going to say it's a threat or call it terrorism or whatever. I know they will. I'm a peaceful man. It's a peaceful statement. It's a statement of peace. Liberty is all about spreading peace. That's what liberty is about. World peace, the freedom to do as you want and not be controlled by autocrats. But they're going to twist that message. I'm sure of it. People in America on both sides are showing a lot of hatred. And we need to tone it down or it's going to end badly. The episode with Dr. Corey got retweeted over 50,000 times, which means that millions of people saw the link, even if the link was dead. So I made the mistake of going into the comments sections of these retweets because I... We've never put out anything that's become so popular. I was curious, what are people talking about? And that was a mistake, and I won't do that again. It was fucking ugly, man. It was it was ugly. Just very little constructive conversation or discussion or exchange of ideas, just name-calling, accusations, and even some threats. And yeah, there was more of the name-calling from the left, but it was happening on the right too. It it made me it made me reconsider whether it or not it was even worth telling the truth if it's gonna just continue to push the divide in the country. But then I so I, re, I really did. I, I I sat down and I thought about that. Like people are taking this and they're fighting with each other. And that's not what I want. Maybe I shouldn't push out these messages. But the alternative to that is that truth doesn't get out, or at least it doesn't get out from one more avenue. And there's not a lot of avenues putting truth out anymore. Then they win. Then they have complete control. So if we don't speak out, freedom is dead. It's that simple. 
So I'm going to keep putting these messages out, but I would ask you guys, just be civil. We need to regain mutual respect. We need to learn, relearn how to talk to one another with mutual respect. Like before you say something to somebody, ask yourself, is this a constructive statement? If somebody said this to me, would I be put on my heels and get defensive and lash back out? We're not trying to beat them down with the truth. We're trying to show them the truth, to show them this is the way, this is the truth. Liberty is the only path forward. We're not trying to tell them, hey, idiot, do this. And when they call you an idiot, because they will call you an idiot, and they say you're following quacks that have been disproven by Fauci, don't let them put you on the defensive and don't strike back. Be like Jesus. Turn the other cheek. Take the higher ground, honestly, because if we, if we take the lower ground, it's going to end badly because they're already taking that low road. All right. Let's get on with this week's weekly edition of Things the Administration is finally telling you the truth about that the Dad Presents told you two years ago. Okay, this one comes from CDC Director Michelle Lewinsky. Now, she's been on TV a lot recently because I think the mainstream has realized that we've had it with Fauci. People are not listening to Fauci anymore, so now they're trotting this this lady out there, but she's just giving us the same nonsense. This week, she admitted that they've overcounted the deaths. Listen to this. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. So she goes on in that video to discuss the difference between dying with COVID and dying from COVID. And like they do every time, they pretend as as if this is new information. We're bringing you this breaking report. Not everybody who died of COVID died from COVID. You know, things we've been telling you for a couple of years. Do they change course? No. But what's happening is the administration is realizing they're losing control of the narrative. So all these recent admissions you've been hearing in the last three, four weeks combined with silencing speech like this show, like the Joe Rogan show, like other shows who try to give you doctors telling the truth, this is their attempt to regain control of the narrative. But frankly, I feel like that ship has sailed. I think the narrative, it I don't think they can reel it back in at this point. Now, if they were smart, that there is a Hail Mary pass of them getting the narrative back under control, but they would never do this because they're so fucking cocky. But if they were smart, if they really wanted to get our trust back, what they would do is they would look into the camera and they would say, hey guys, hey America, hey America, we screwed up. So sorry. The vaccines are not 95% efficient at blocking COVID transmission. The lockdowns were not efficient at stopping COVID. They ruined the economy and they didn't stop the spread. And we're sorry. Masking your children was unhealthy and unnecessary. And COVID was never a threat to them. It seems that the vaccine lowers your chances of getting seriously ill or dying from COVID as compared to those who are unvaccinated. So we still recommend that you get the vaccine because it will lower your chances of dying. And that's important. But please note that the vaccine's do have some rare, very rare side effects that you should be aware of so that you're just completely informed of what the risks are on both sides. You get the vaccine, you're more likely to survive COVID. There's also the flip side where there are these side effects and we don't know what it's going to do to you in the long term because it's brand new, but we strongly urge you to get them. That's what they should do. 
But these arrogant motherfuckers will never swallow their pride and, and give you a statement like that. Never. Never. They're not humble enough to say they were wrong. You think Fauci's going to get up there and say he was wrong? He can't even, he can't even admit that he did gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Instead, once the paperwork showed it and once the NIH admitted it, it turns around and says, well, we didn't do gain-of-function research of concern. You think that arrogant motherfucker is ever going to say, guys, we got it wrong. We're sorry. Hell no. Hell no. They don't care if you trust them. He doesn't care. They don't care if you trust them as long as they can control you. And right now, they got you. They got you. Double vaccinated and boosted scientists in Antarctica are COVID positive. How the hell does that happen? (laughs) They're in Antarctica and they're triple vaxxed and they got COVID. Clearly, this vaccine or this this virus is going to do what viruses do. It's going to spread until it doesn't spread anymore. But the good news is the pandemic is over. I'm officially announcing it. Here on this show today, world exclusive from The Dad Presents, pandemic is over. COVID has followed the same pattern as the 1918 flu pandemic. Year one was bad. Year two was worse. By year three, we entered the endemic phase, and the flu's been with us ever since. The flu we talk about now is directly derivative of the 1918 Spanish flu. It's the same lineage. And that's where we are with COVID. Year one was terrible. Year two was way worse. Year three, which we are now entering, endemic. We have strains that are less deadly. It's never going away. Time to learn to live with it. We don't mandate flu vaccines. If we don't mandate flu vaccines, we cannot mandate COVID vaccines. Doing so is dumb. Now, Here's something for you to ponder, okay? They want to silence information and discussion on drugs like ivermectin, but we've been under the wrath of COVID for two years, and the government has spent trillions of dollars fighting COVID, yet they've not conducted and paid for a single double-blind study on ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. Why not? The trillions of dollars you've spent, you couldn't, you couldn't pay for a study to find out if these truly work. Instead, you just want to shut it down, shut down discussion instead of looking for truth. Why? Why not look into it and find out once and for all? It's a question with no answer that's as obvious a question as who is Ray Epps? Or a question as obvious as Did federal agents commit violent crimes on January 6th and enter the Capitol? Easy question. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. What a joke. What? 
What, bro? You can't answer that question? You don't know if federal agents were involved in January 6th? These are very big, very big, very easy to answer obvious questions that don't get answered. Hmm. Speaking of questions, why does it seem like the LGBTQAA++ is now becoming just one more place for bored, rich, lonely, straight, white girls to seek the attention they so desperately need? Listen to this video. It is Magistra Y. I'm non-binary and I am a high school teacher. So today I thought I'd tell you a little bit about what I've done and what my school has done uh, to make me feel comfortable out as non-binary at my school. The first thing is really easy. I wear a pronoun pin every day. This works as a visual cue for my students. When I introduced myself to my students, I also gave them some example sentences for those students who weren't as familiar with using they, them pronouns. So I told them, uh, you could say, Oh, I have Magistra Wise class next. They teach Latin. I wanted to have a few visual cues in my classroom to show students that it is a welcoming and inclusive place. So one of the things I did was I put a pride flag on my desk. I'll take a pause here and say I am very, very lucky to teach at the school I teach at. Um, they are very openly devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Those are some of the things that I've done, but what about my school? I use the title Magistra instead of Mr. or Miss, and the IT team actually managed to code it into the system, so anytime my name pops up, it comes up with Magistra Y instead of Mr. or Miss. I've had a lot of colleagues ask me really insightful questions about my gender and my pronouns and my experience, and in general, they have created a really welcoming environment. And I don't think they did this on purpose, but my classroom is right next to the gender neutral bathroom. I think it's harmless. I, I, I think that video and that woman is harmless. Okay. So I know a lot of parents fear their children being taught this stuff by someone like this. That doesn't bother me at all. I, it, it irritates me that they're not teaching math and science and English and instead wasting time on this nonsense, but it doesn't worry me. I'm not worried about my kids being indoctrinated into the LGBTQAA++ because whatever, you're not going to make my kids gay. Okay. You can't make someone gay. There's you believe me. If you could make somebody gay, if there was a medicine or a therapy you could undergo to become gay, I'd be gay right now. Okay. It doesn't exist. You can't make somebody gay. If somebody likes dudes, they like dudes. If somebody likes girls, they like girls. You couldn't pay me enough money to suck a dick. Well, I have my limits. Let me rephrase that. You couldn't pay me enough to get a heart on to have sex with a man. I'm not capable. I'm not turned on by men. I, I would, if you offered me $10 million, I would try my damnedest for that money, but it's not going to happen because I'm not gay. Okay. That's how that works. Can't make somebody gay. So I'm not worried about these teachers making my kids gay. I'm annoyed that they're not, that they're spending time on this. But it's starting to become obvious that all this nonsense is just the cool new trend. And we all know who the target demographic is for trendy bullshit. Just basic straight white girls. And basic straight white girls who need, have this desperate need for attention are now glomming on to the LGBT. QAA++, I think I got that right. 
and ruining whatever it used to be. They don't, these girls, they don't realize that girl in that video, straight white girl, she doesn't realize she is the problem. So now it's time for our weekly prayer on the Dad Presents. I'd like to ask you to bow your head in silence with me and please say the prayer. Om God, I apologize for my whiteness. Please absolve me of my whiteness. Please absolve me specifically of the 89% of my DNA that is white. Not necessarily the 11% that is Asian. But also maybe absolve me a little bit for my 11% that is Asian because I've learned that Asians are now white. Amen. We should all say that prayer. Sorry for our white straightness. Now in the past week, since the show blew up on YouTube and then we got nuked on YouTube and Facebook, I've had a lot of comments, not a lot. I've had about six or seven comments and messages direct from you guys asking why we only do one show a week. The reality is this gig pays very little. We get very little from advertisers at this point. And I got a full-time job. I got two kids to feed. So if you would like more shows and I would like to do more shows, I have to do less real work so I have more time for real shows because this show takes time. So if you want to help, please subscribe on Rumble. Please subscribe on Spotify. Please subscribe on YouTube while we're still there and tell your friends, okay? That's all. I would appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Let's get into it with Chance Coleman. All right, guys, guess what? Two weeks in a row, our guest got COVID. Everybody has COVID, but somehow Joe Biden shut down the virus, yet everybody has it. Anyway, it is what it is. He uh, he actually emailed me a little bit earlier in the day, but I didn't see it till I just logged on to our meeting and he's not there. I'm sorry about that, but to make up for it, I got a couple things. Number one, I got a big interview coming up for you in two days. We will be talking to Charles Hoskinson. If you aren't familiar, he is the co-founder of Ethereum Blockchain Technology, which is the second biggest uh, crypto there is. It's the biggest blockchain. And he also left Ethereum and went on to develop Cardano, also known as ADA, which has gone on to become the fifth largest overall currency. So I'm super excited about that. You guys know how I feel about the crypto. You know how I feel that crypto is a way for decentralization of the control of money, which is hugely important. If you haven't yet gone back and listened to the episode with G. Edward Griffin, who is the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is about the origination of the Fed and why everything in America is a mess, basically, go back and watch that episode. That's going to be a good one. Anyway, since he canceled, I, I, I decided to, to flush out the episode. I added in one more clip that we're going to listen to in a moment. I found it to be astounding. I actually just heard it this morning and it kind of floored me. Now, as you all know, Glenn Youngkin recently won the gubernatorial race in Virginia. He's the new governor. He beat the incumbent, which was Terry McAuliffe, and he won for one simple reason, right? McAuliffe made the mistake of telling parents in Virginia that they did not have the right to determine what their kids were learning in public school, which is which is outrageous. I come from a family of teachers, all in public school, and they listen to the parents. They listen to the parents. They understand that they are educating kids to become better products for society. And part of that 
is teaching the kids to respect your mother and father. Part of that is teaching them to respect the things we all care about. And that involves the parents. Um, Telling parents that they could not be involved was a fatal mistake. All right. So he lost. And then beyond that, the FBI started putting parents on terrorist watch lists who went to school board meetings and argued with the school board. It was absolutely insane. Okay, so that all happened and it continues to happen. And now here in this video, we have a teacher who is fairly liberal and she's bringing up some concerns to her administration in a, in a meeting between teachers and administration about some of the material these grade school kids are being subjected to. So I'm going to play the whole video for you because it's wild. So give it a listen. It's received a long list of books and resources for Transgender Awareness Week. Some of these books are a positive addition because they show diverse families and represent a variety of ethnicities. However, I am very concerned that some of the resources in our elementary school libraries are inappropriate for young children. The resources that I am now showing are all in K-6 libraries. And the book Rick by Alex Gino, a boy named Jeff keeps talking to Rick about naked girls. Rick is confused because he doesn't think about naked girls. So he wonders if something's wrong with him. Rick gets invited to the school's Rainbow Club and he ends up declaring an asexual identity. While reading this book, I was thinking, maybe Rick doesn't have sexual feelings yet because he is a child. It concerns me that this book leaves young boys wondering if there is something wrong with them, if they aren't thinking about naked girls all the time. Well, so what message does this book send to young girls who might be in grade three, four? They are children. Let them grow up in their own time and stop pressuring them to be sexual so soon. In fact, some of the books filling our libraries make it seem simple or even cool to take puberty blockers and opposite sex hormones. The other boy by M.G. Hennessy. Um, Ms. Borjowski, I'm just getting a little concerned that your content um, may be problematic. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you're headed, but I I would caution you to uh, make sure that you are not saying anything that would violate the Human Rights Code. Oh, I'm not saying anything that would violate. Um, I'm, I'm just concerned. So please continue. That will not count against your time. Um, I hope that um, that I can be heard because these are misleading books, and I'd like to tell you why. Um, the other book by M.G. Hennessy chronicles the medical transition of Shane, who was born female and now identifies as a boy. Shane takes puberty blockers and is now excited to start testosterone. The doctor states that this hormone mixture will leave Shane infertile in the future. Shane's response is, it's cool, a very typical adolescent response. This book is misleading because it does not take into account how Shane might feel later in life about being infertile. This book makes very serious medical interventions seem like an easy cure for emotional and social distress. And remember, so I'm I'm going to have to point of order, point of order. I'm going to point out that the Ontario Human Rights Code uh, includes uh, gender identity and gender expression as grounds for uh, discrimination. And I am concerned that that your comments are in violation of that. So I'm ending the presentation. So what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This guy interrupts the video and says, 
I'm concerned that your context is problematic. If, if you're having a conversation and you hear that word problematic, what you need to know is that you're about to get canceled. Nobody ever says problematic who is not woke. You're in trouble if somebody brings up that word with you. This teacher here, what, what is this teacher's great sin? This teacher is concerned that we are teaching children that in fourth grade, if they're not daydreaming about titties, that they might be different and should start to question their gender. Like she said, they're, they're children. Let them be children. All she's suggesting is that the material may not be age appropriate. Now, like I said earlier in the show, I don't have a problem with this kind of stuff. I, the, the, the transgender stuff doesn't bother me. And I don't even really care that it's coming up in schools and the pronouns and all that. It doesn't bother me. I just find it irritating. However, liberal ideology took over our universities a long time ago, back when I was in college. And now they're coming for the children. Instead of teaching our kids science, math, English, they're wasting a large percentage of the time indoctrinating them with their ideology. It's not about making the children better. It's not about making the world a better place. It's not about making America better. It's about indoctrinating them into an ideology that helps a certain political class hold on to permanent power. Now, are these teachers trying to do this or the administrators trying to do this? Like, is that their goal? Probably not. These teachers and these administrators have been indoctrinated from their universities and they probably think they're doing the right thing. But from the top, where all this originates, is about power and control. And it's time for us to be vigilant about it. Power is corrupting and leaving power in the hands of one group of people with one monolithic mentality and one monolithic set of ideas. That's a danger to us all. When we're getting to the point where we're shutting down conversation in the world, in the news, in Hollywood, and now in schools, when, when we don't want to have conversations about things that are uncomfortable, instead just want to demand that everybody fall in line with one way of thinking, that's dangerous. When ideas die, when conversation dies, when free speech dies, we're in big trouble. So it's time for us to push back against this stuff. Everybody who cares, everybody who has children, you can no longer be the silent majority because we're going to be we're going to be the silent enslaved majority soon if we don't fight back. So anyway, thank you all for joining. I appreciate you listening today. I'm sorry we didn't have a guest. I hope the episode was still entertaining to you. I hope you learned something. Please make sure you subscribe to The Dad Presents on Rumble and Spotify and help us fight for the freedom of speech. Join us in a couple of days for Charles Hoskinson. Please get out there and spread that love and liberty. And I will talk to you all in a couple of days. Thank you.